Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Mr. Joe Beer, uh, a dear old friend. Currently, you're in Devon at the moment, is that right, Joe? I'd rather not be called old, that's the starting point. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you achieved the fine vintage age of 50 yet? Yes, I'm 53. Well, unfortunately, I had to break it to you, but... <laughs> um, and anyway, so it's day one of lockdown, and we, yes. we we previously mentioned that we wanted to talk a little bit about training camps, and you and I have done uh, a very successful week in Club La Santa on the beautiful island of Lanzarote for quite some time now, and I think day one of lockdown, let's just give people something to think about, to look forward to, hopefully they can join us, but some of the pitfalls, some of the things to take on board, some of the things to work towards or not work towards, we, we were just chatting about some of the common mistakes and so on, and people arriving tired where they're getting trying to get fit for their training camp Comple completely not the right idea but um let, let's go back to the beginning what, what's the advantage of a training camp i know you've been doing them for a long time um especially in the window that we've always used and the, the window that i've seen used by um on various islands by people that have done them in new york uh, lanzarote elsewhere is um there's this pre-season immersion in what you do and also with lots of like-minded people around you it just it just sets you up mentally for the preparation ahead and uh yeah i don't want to you know drop the, uh, the 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 training bomb so to speak but at the moment people shouldn't be whether they're in lockdown unless they're listening to this from the southern hemisphere whatever state their local or national lockdown is this isn't the time they should be doing loads of training whereas when we get the other side of christmas and into the new year it makes sense for training camps to be there because it starts to be beneficial the, the training volume that you're going to put in but also that it's relevant it's now getting closer to certainly the pre-season so i always think you know, it's a chance to learn to update to get some new ideas but also it's relevant then because you start seeing that it's a training camp, whereas pre, you know, pre-January, it's literally somebody wanting to get some sun, and that's a different thing entirely. This is about using, you know, a great place like, for example, Lanzarote, uh, you know, places like Mallorca, great opportunities to just train while back home it's possibly uh, you know zero zero degrees or or plus or minus a small amount and training the volume we're talking about just isn't you know it's just not what you want to do so so there's there's the environmental factor there's the warmth there's the camaraderie there's the um you know like-mindedness of uh, people coming together that that's all good but, i mean how much can you do in a week and and will that you know, will that be sustainable? Obviously, it's not sustainable to continue that amount of volume, but a sudden spike, is that physiologically, is that good for the body? And, and then you go back to your normal levels? Well, it's up to people. We say, you know, on the, uh, on the Lanzarote week, you know, we say you're probably going to do, you know, 16 hours and some people do 26 hours. And yes, it's a lot more than normal, but... You have nothing else that you're doing, so actually the amount of training time, if you're not pushing every session too hard, and we can come back to that in a moment, but if you're you know, if you're doing reasonably, you know, technical, steady state sessions, then actually to do a bigger volume, yes it, it does stretch you, but you've got also the time in between where you're not working, where it's not cold, where you're not trying to juggle, you know, childcare or anything else. So you can do more volume, 
and that's the point. It's the training camp. It's not trying to squeeze training between a family holiday. And so I think it is fine, and most people, I would say, probably land close to 20 hours. But if they're doing, therefore, over the, uh, was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even something on the Thursday morning before they fly. But, you know, let's say six and a half-ish days. Actually, if you're doing 20 hours, that's that's only approximately three hours a day, which sounds a lot possibly to people that are listening now. But if they're juggling work and they're they maybe still got a commute, if even if they're on lockdown, there will be people working and there'll be less energy because the daylight is uh, constricted here and they're starting to notice that reduction in kind of winter mojo. Actually, if you've got three hours and all you're there to do is to train and you're in a very motivational environment and there's lots of people here and there always going off and doing exercise, it's more a case of we've got to sometimes pin people down to not do too much because they're trying to do extra on top of what we put down in the plan and they think they're going to go off and you know do extra sessions and it's like whoa actually you've got to watch that because maybe by the sunday you've been there three days you've already done maybe 12 hours and that's way above what they were doing prior to the camp so yeah i know i know what you mean about the you know the kind of is it good to do a big overload well i don't think it's as big as it looks but you taper into the week by at least the previous Saturday, Sunday, you've already backed right off. You don't do a, a big ride on the Sunday hoping you can recover in the next four days to get to your training camp and we're assuming a Thursday fly. Instead, you're tapering off and then when you get back, you don't do anything. You know, I've heard of people saying, oh, they can't wait to get back because they want to, you know, go out on a club bike ride or club run on the Sunday. They forget they're going back to possibly, you know, a four-degree ride <laughs> in about six layers. They're not still in their shorts and, and T-shirts. And yet, you hear of people that come back from training camps and they're trying to flash off their, their suntan. So they can get it really badly wrong if they do that. Instead, you taper into the camp, you do more than normal during the camp, and you have a very, very, I would say, slow... Um, slow kind of uh, seven to ten days after it. So over that period of time, it doesn't look like it's a big volume, actually, not when you divide it out to what is almost then three weeks. That's an interesting point. Often, though, we hear, don't we, oh, I'm just going to go off and do my, my, my bit of stand-up paddleboard, and, and then there's, um, you know, ballroom dancing in the evening and uh, a bit of, um, you know, Zumba and, and so on. Uh, but people need to take advantage of the opportunity to rest and relax in their downtime. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we were we were sort of talking about you know how to rest and recover when you're when you're doing so much. Well, um, you learn you learn to do you know, what the pros do, which is they're experts at training, eating, then shutting down. You know, they'd literally just just sit down and chill out, or they go to bed. And I'm uh, I'm always uh, getting uh, kickback from the, the the people in the in the room with me when I say, oh, I just want to go and have another nap. I love it. I think it's the, it's the cleverest thing to do is to get yourself, you know, a quick uh, quick refresher. But see, some people, they, they train, and like you say, even in between the training sessions, they try to do even more. It's like, no, you're going to struggle to get it all done. By the time we get to that Wednesday, they're doing, you know, a triathlon that may take them, you know, an hour and a half or so. They're tired, but they get it done. It's a good final uh, swim to bike to run exercise and then there's a ride in the afternoon but there's a lot of people that, that are, are not aware 
that they're not going to make that uh, Wednesday afternoon ride because they're too tired. But that's fine. Getting tired is not a bad thing, but you can minimise it by making sure you're really concentrating on naps and sleeps. You're definitely onto more carbs. And it's always my pet hate, and you'll, you'll probably giggle, because I'm always the one that says I do not want to see people with clear water bottles that think they're going to be on zero calories the whole week because they don't really like you know, sugary drinks or they don't really believe they need it. When you have 12 hours under your belt by the Sunday, you definitely need to have been drinking carbs and taking carbs on poolside and you know maybe having fuel in sessions that you normally wouldn't consider to have fuel maybe for some people in a one-hour swim session but that one hour could be part of a four-hour plus day at which point that one hour loses you time to eat but also may well be starting it slightly below par and therefore i think the big factor is people up their reliance on on carbs not because it's somehow that they can't burn fat not that it's a sign of weakness but that actually when you get beyond a certain volume it's probably eight maybe ten hours people have to take fuel on board you can't just train on water and if you do you will annihilate your uh, immune system but you also be be dropped and be tired by the time you get to that monday and you probably won't make the Tuesday or the Wednesday, which means you know a good third of your training camp has been destroyed by the lack of nutrition. So I think, yeah, you, you have to concentrate on the flip side of stuff. You don't have a lot of time often, even if somebody's doing a, a DIY training camp, they often find that between preparation of food, training, getting back, recovering, preparation of food, training, getting back, recovering, they literally don't have much time. But you just make sure the moment that you've finished food, you just, you know, could zonk out reading a book, you could stick your headphones on and listen to music, you could go to bed for an hour. But but those are the things that are better. Not thinking you're going to nip out and do a one-hour sightseeing tour to a local <laughs> village. I mean, it just doesn't happen. People are in a training camp to train. You, you'll be proud. I mean, long, long time before, you know, the sports science was so readily available and I know you know I like working with you because you are very hot on that but you know if I could take your mind back to my first training camp so in each December in the US 1981 each December um, we'd finish our last block of exams just after Thanksgiving and coach would not let us leave for Christmas until December 22nd or thereabouts. So we had about three, just a little over three weeks of no lectures and he just had us swim and swim and swim. And honestly, if we were awake, we were swimming or eating. It was as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we covered about we'd cover about well I think I've still got my graphs and and log books but about just over three hundred thousand meters in in twenty two twenty three days and honestly like the Walking Dead shuffling to the pool to go back and do some more but honestly if you're awake you know that was it food or pool yeah. um, sleep was just so good for resting and recovering and that's yeah. all we had the energy for. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and, I'm, and, I, and I, you know, I need to tread carefully now, but the people that get into issues on training camps are the ones that are pushing the lettuce leaves around the plate, you know? The ones that eat well, train well, and uh, you'll remember Chris, who used to come several times 
uh, Chris Goodfellow, and hopefully his ears are burning now. But you know, he would have his breakfast cereal in a in basically a, a bowl you use for mixing cakes in. A trough. You know, he would he would eat a huge <laughs> amount. And yes, so I know you can have the argument. Oh yeah, but he's a big guy using lots of calories. Everyone's using lots of calories. But if you start to undereat, what you find is you get more and more fatigued. You get stupidly, you get more and more likely to then stop feeding even more because you get just irritated and you lose your appetite. And as I've said to you, I've said to people multiple times, after a few days, you aren't even thinking about what the quality of food is like. You're just getting the calories down. And I know people can have hang-ups and issues with food, but if you're there to do 20 hours, you can eat pretty damn well and still come away with the fact that your body hasn't put on weight you've been training and getting all the sessions done but the moment that you do that last session the moment you then pack up and get on the plane you have to immediately flick that switch and say okay i've got one more big chocolate bar on the plane and from after that point in time i'm back to normal eating again and that may be the problem that people say but i always put on weight you know on training camps is they're not good at regulating themselves but if you don't eat like you say literally every moment and recover then you just you you go backwards in your group you find you struggle to get to sessions and those are the people and every year i can point them out and set a prediction and i know they're going to be the ones say you know even by the monday oh i don't know whether i can do the longer ride and you think so you failed on the first three days by nitpicking your calories having you know, maybe the equivalent of one gel across an entire three-hour ride. And I know that's an issue with them and, and calories and foods and stuff, and I'm no psychologist about that. But I think people have got to realise if you're there to train, the last thing you have to worry about is whether or not you're slightly overeating the calories. The moment you start getting into the, the 15 and 20 hours in a week, you can destroy calories day after day after day and then still be standing with your eyes open. But if you don't, you miss sessions, and then people are miserable. And then they, you know, they, they start to blame everything else that was going on. But the bottom line is, you've got to eat your way out of trouble when you're on a training camp. And you know, I, I put the, I made some notes, and in the big box, I put carbs are king because they are. You can't start going, oh, I'm on a low carb diet, or I don't believe in gels, or well, I'm on a restricted amount of inputs no you're there to train if you're doing three hours a day for most people that's going to up their energy maybe by 1500 to 2000 calories on top of what they need anyway so unless they're just a routine overeater actually most people struggle after a few days to get those calories in so that's why you use the fuel on the poolside and the fuel while biking to just get enough calories in through the day because you can't just eat the hugest possible breakfast and then wait to the end of the day and eat the most huge dinner because then you're actually overloading your body at the wrong time in the wrong way you've got to be constantly um, grazing and that I includes think, in sessions and yeah i think in the swimming in the world of swimming that's a bit tricky and we often you know don't um you know whether it's sort of like oh cramping or a little bit uncomfortable a bit bloated and i guess running has parallels doesn't it but but swimming you know you should try to train yourself because we can be in the pool for two hours and it's not you can't just finish the pool session have something and then be expected to go for the next session in an hour you've kind of got to graze through it and keep thing levels topped up is that right yeah definitely and with you know with the Increase in the you know the variety of products, the you know the flavors and the formats. Is it a bar? Is it a gel? Is it a, a high density 
um, energy drink like beta fuel. There's, there's various formats. It's the athlete finding that. And in most people's weeks, that's never a problem. When you're talking, you know, um, elite level training volumes, that is what people certainly get not quite close to, but certainly start approaching on training camps. And they realize that it's all about the people that can eat because the people that train really well on training camps are the ones that can eat because you can't do it and pretend somehow you're magically not really using as much energy that's what people get it wrong that's when you start measuring um for example power and start realizing look if you are you know generating 200 watts hey times that by four that's 800 calories an hour so do that for two hours that's 1600 calories that's a significant amount of energy and also, there's two hours then left to eat. So the less you eat in sessions, you're eventually ending up with not a lot of hours left to eat, but a heck of a lot of calories to make up. So I think that training camps do change the uh, backdrop to how people are. In most people's instances, a lot of training this time of year that might be um, you know, short sessions, maybe more technical, certainly not super hard, they don't need massive amounts of fueling. But when you go into training camp, and on ours in, uh, in, in La Santa, you know, the Monday is the, you know, four or five hour ride. But somebody may be 12 hours already into training. So that's not a normal Monday for somebody to have a five hour ride on a Monday, having done 12 hours since Friday at uh, 10 o'clock first session. You know, that starts to change how you approach not only the Monday, right, I need lots of fuel with me because I'm about to ride five hours, but also how on the Friday, you're not eating for Friday, you're eating on Friday to make yourself feel better on Saturday. Saturday. And that's what I think some people struggle. Most people get it because they've seen the person that blows up that has to be pushed home or the person that, you know, starts dipping out of sessions because they say that they're too tired. That is a lack of feeding. And it often starts from, I think, it often starts from not listening to the coaches that say, you need to have calories in your bottle. You need to have snacks between sessions. They just treat it like a normal Friday, thinking, have a little bit of breakfast, and then maybe at lunchtime they'll push something around the plate for half an hour. Then maybe in the evening they'll have a small supper. That person by Saturday is already in a deficit, and therefore they're not going to be as happy. They tend to be the people that are a bit more niggly about maybe the pace or what other people are doing. And I think... If you ever go on a training camp, you have to reset and listen to people that have done it before or watch people and think, wow, everyone around me seems to be having a bottle of poolside or they seem to immediately go from the swim session and seem to be sitting down and eating lunch. Or when they're on the bike, they've got two bottles and they started sipping that drink at 20 minutes. I know people that still think now they have to wait to an hour to, to eat their you know, 40 grams. They think it's 40 grams on the hour instead of 40 grams per hour and i think the training camp highlights that and it highlights the mentality of people you know listening to okay you need to be going easy this is day one because if you go hard and you turn it into a competition you're going to be toast whatever you eat because you're you're going to use up glycogen get very tired and a training camp is all about Often, if you've not done it before, listen and watch what other people are doing and especially be aware that it totally changes how you view pacing and nutrition because when you start that, let's say, Monday morning ride, it's five hours, it's over very, very hilly terrain, you don't normally find yourself at that point pushing the pedals and going, blimey, my legs are tired and we're starting. Oh, okay, I'm going to have to feed a bit more today. And that's when people panic and get it wrong. So I think, yeah, there's a, there's a few rules that have to be followed, but it's mostly really nutrition, 
making sure you recover and absolutely tapering down into your training camp because you're about to do stuff that takes you into a new level of training and whatever the distance you can still absorb huge amounts of experience and huge amounts of, uh, of sort of motivation from the people around you the the centers like club la santa and i know there's others around the world you know they're geared up you know, it's a short distance from the apartments to the facilities. It's, uh, it, it's you know, you've got the shops, you've got the restaurants, it's geared up, you've got the opportunity for massage, rest and recovery and easing your day, but you've got a plan, you've got to have your logistics sorted out. You've got to think, right, I'm, I'm a, on the bike at 12, swimming at 10, I need something in between. Planning your day, and, and we, <laughs> I know you're fond of saying, it's on the plan. Yeah map your day out have your food ready have your drinks in the fridge the wherever you're storing them and get it all mapped out that that's that couldn't be more straightforward than that really but it's you know creating the time to do all of that and if you're if you are doing paddle boarding it's probably going to encroach a little bit yeah and it also it's it's you know it's not meant to be that it in any training camp it lacks the fun downtimes when people can be, you know, they can don't have to be bouncing around everybody, but they can just be chilling and relaxing. Possibly, you know, if they're not eating or drinking, then they're relaxing. And ideally, they're doing all three: they're eating, they're drinking, they're relaxing, and and there's this kind of a social um, kind of good time between people. Again, because you can learn from other people. There's there's a, there's a lot of experience out there that people can bring into anybody's. Um, sort of race or nutrition or kind of uh, uh, technology experience because some people have had an experience or they or they they will ask somebody a question which they've you know not even realized actually I know the answer to that because I did this in a race or I did this in a training session so yeah I think the you know the good thing about certainly places where you've got everything there is you, you barely walk more than maybe 150 meters so you're not spending lots of time or energy and that's the other thing you, you want to save energy if you're doing 20 <laughs> hours the last thing you want to do is start trying to add to that by sprinting up every staircase and by uh i don't know like doing too much however a little bit of occasionally somebody saying i'm going to miss that session i don't really want to do you know I don't know, fourth bike ride on the trot. I'm going to go and play table tennis, so I, I want to do such and such a lesson. That's quite good, and that's where certainly Club de Santa, many of the places that have got additional facilities, can help the person that is perhaps not the hardcore trainer that will be in every session, but they want to just do something to diversify that day. But they'll normally take a session out and replace it with something else. That's fine. I mean, we never say you've got to do every session. Some people pride themselves on doing every session and other people have already, they've already planned not to do it. But it's, you know, it's, it's so good when it's all lined up and, and we laugh about saying to people it's on the plan because we're not going to remember it in our head that's why we write things down but it's on the plan because that keeps us honest right we've got to be ready to be on that yeah. bike or on poolside because otherwise we could easily procrastinate if we were doing it off our own back um you know you you stick me now in lanzarote by a plane you know tomorrow to get there I couldn't motivate myself to do half of what we do as a group. I couldn't. Just, yeah. Even with the facilities, be like, no, that's not the that's not the point. So the the big thing about 
group training in a training camp is that there's always somebody around you. There's always a case of, you know, you kind of, you do realize there's fatigue within the group after a while, but it's fine because you're not saying, right, we're going to smash it today. And everyone's like groaning and thinking, oh, no, I don't want to do an 800 meter time trial. Really, you know, don't want to do that in the pool. And I certainly don't want to follow it by doing an 800 meter on the track. No, we don't do things like that. We kind of encourage people. But most people, if you drop them in that, same environment not on a group week what they'd notice is they just can't be bothered after a while and the big big great thing you know there are there are characters that come um year after year there are people that turn up that are quite quiet there are people that turn up that become the life and soul of the party but that social component of training is why i love it i i you know i get bored of just training for training's sake the fact there are great people to be around different people to talk to whether you're chatting to them you know on on poolside whether you're you know running around in circles having a natter with somebody you haven't seen for 12 months whether you're on the bike and there's different people sitting side by side that's the reason why it's as much a social experience and almost like a social facilitation that everyone else turns up for a run at 8am without having breakfast well then you do it because you just turn up and it's 8am and you haven't had any breakfast but you go for a run and that's I think the huge huge advantage of a camp it gets you to do stuff that you would probably not do on your own but also there's huge benefits no, nobody comes away from it and says that was a complete waste of time I think what they say is, wow, that's really stretched me. I know I've got to recover now. It's been great to put it all together on the final day and do a, a tri-camp, but also I've learned along the way. And I would really advise people to take a journal along to a tri-camp just to write down things that they've learned, to listen to um, any of the talks or to listen to, to preambles wherever the training session is because they can pick up the bits that are they're golden nuggets. We say them and we forget that they're really that loaded with information, but they are, but other people don't always know them. And I think that can be where it's hard to quantify, but it's a huge impact when somebody... Um, you know, somebody really gets a lot from things also being able to be explained. You or I have to be able to say, well, this is why you do it, and this is the rationale, and, and this is this is how it's going to help you. Not just why you go that hard because we say you should. I mean, it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot more that the coaches have to be able to explain the rationale behind what we do. But that's good. That means then, if people are asking questions and learning, they then know how to take that forwards with their own training because. Most people who come on training camps are then going to go away and be self-coached. And if they can learn things to help themselves, then we've sent them on their merry way. And they're actually going to be a better athlete, not just for one week, but for the rest of the weeks of the year. And, and still, after all these years, have you ever got to the end and, and someone said, oh, I wish we'd done some more? <laughs> no, they haven't. But I do remember a year when somebody looked at the plan and they said, Oh, I've got to do more than that. And I was like, well, if you do everything with the, you know, the, the, the sort of faster groups and, and you do the top mileage, you know, you'll be doing like 26 hours. And they're like, no, 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 it's not enough. I need to do 32. And I just, you know, I knew they were wrong. I knew that was why they said they'd been getting slow in their Ironmans. And, um, 
I kind of had a, it was it was an unfortunate wry smile on my face. But by the time they got to Tuesday, they weren't even joining the sessions because they were so spent. Yeah. They weren't even able to do the sessions, and you could probably remember the the scenario and the person. And so, no, people have done more than enough. They, we've tweaked that to get just the right amount of quantity, and to advise people sometimes, you know, to drop down a group or if they've got a bit of a niggle in a particular muscle, to you know, to to not come on the run, to go into the pool and do deep water run sessions something like that so we you know we want people to get to the end most people are, are tired enough they've had plenty of uv they've had good times and when we sit around that table and there are what nigh on 50 odd people with with uh, the athletes their partners and coaches and stuff around the table when you hear that buzz and that chat you realize actually those people at first hardly knew one another a few people knew knew one another but most didn't and that's what it's all about but people out there go oh i feel so under trained you know by the time you get to that point you've definitely we've relearned things we'd forgotten we'd forgotten and uh, meanwhile they've had this huge i see it as a springboard to take them albeit get back home still february but the springboard of motivation and the things to learn and the things to then set out in the coming months don't immediately have to be done because it's it's back to most people putting multiple layers on and doing lots of fun sessions indoors but it still helps I think, to springboard people forward. So, no, I've, I've never known somebody say that wasn't really enough. I know some people liked the longer format triathlon and a lot of people liked the short format. But that was just a, a preference as to what yeah. they like to do. But most people are definitely spent. And because not everybody does that final bike ride, you know that for some that would be, you know, two hours-ish too much and they would just not enjoy it. Time trial bike or road bike? I guess this is we don't we don't like people riding in groups, do we? On time trial frames, so people are tempted because that's what they're going to be racing on. Where, where does that do you sit with that dilemma? How would you advise people? Well, they might come to Lanzarote to ride. You know, the certainly we ride a good percentage of the Lanzarote Ironman course, albeit we don't do the Lanzarote Ironman ride starting at the swim and doing the whole thing. But we do plenty of it, and certainly the technical bits that people have to do. You know, they might like to be on a tri-bike, um, and I get that, but it does change the parameters when you're descending, um, you know, to repeat, and whenever you see a picture and there's a training camp and there's people in the middle of the group with um, with on tri-bars, I'm like, no, that's a bad training camp. You don't, you don't, full stop, you don't ride on your tri-bar extensions, i.e. in the aero position, when you're in the middle of a group, you've got no way to respond to things as they happen. So people can be on their tri-bike, and then people say, oh, can I drop off the back and ride on the bars? It's like, don't get overly kind of hooked up on being on your bars. It's February. It doesn't have to be so specific. Look at the pictures of elite athletes. They spend plenty of time, sometimes even on mountain bikes, sometimes and most likely on road bikes, because you don't want to spend too much time fixed into what is a very aerodynamic but a very problematic position if all you ever do is sit, particularly you know, indoors on a static aero position set up and then think you've got to do every training camp so kind of you know i get it why some people might like to do it but those on road bikes seem to be happier that they can break on twisty turny descents they've got um, a, a good position for climbing and it's just 
you know, often less hassle with any integration issues with the bike having, you know, um, cables and so forth that can start to be a lot of hassle when you're when you're traveling. I think that that's a very good point. I mean, if someone if someone has an issue, it's it's just a lot more work, isn't it, to fix? Yes, and although there, you know, there are great bike mechanics at La Santa. They we don't may have people uh, spare know, parts. Have, they don't carry everything, do they? They're going to do a DIY camp. They may not have anywhere near them, and then they start having issues with their race bike. They're in trouble then. Yeah. What um, I, I think people listening might be uh, interested. What you know? What are, we mentioned not fueling enough. We've talked a little bit about the bike. What are some of the other common mistakes people make that you know limit the success of their week? I mean, sun, sun cream and sunburn, yeah, it crops up once in a while. I think people have got the message now. What, what else springs to mind? Um, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's that the obvious ones that, although they're obvious, people, people still, um, they still manage to, to not do it right. So, yeah, definitely the, the lack of taper into the camp. Don't worry what you do for the last five days because you're going to do, you know, probably um, at least double the, no, well, certainly close to double what you might do in an Ironman, but it's harder because it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a more difficult scenario. But you'd always, you'd always taper into an Ironman race, and therefore you've got to taper into a training camp. You can't have this, I go low carbs, I'm not going to have carbs, because unless you've got... The, the very flattest of terrain or you've got such an incredible VO2 max peak power overall fitness that you can climb uphill and be utilizing um, basically very low carb format most people would pop so don't go low carb and think that's the way to you know to burn off the extra chub it's not going to work that way and you really do batter your immune system and I think it is that bike thing yes I like it that some people come along and can pick up a higher bike they're quite happy to put their pedals on and away they go but if you bring your own bike it's like going to a, a race you've got to make sure your bike is as well maintained as possible don't don't turn up on something that you know barely has just been grabbed out of the garage and has been uh, on mothballs for ages it's it's that that you then have hassles and you start having potential issues with the, the safety of the bike but you know we we need to we need to see that part of not doing training camps to make mistakes but you know people have got different levels of of equipment and different levels of aspirations but think about that each day you want to get the most out of the training so don't take your run training shoes that are absolutely bottomed out falling apart and they're a bit uncomfortable to run in take your best spongy shoes and really take two shoes so that one shoe is recovering the foam is actually recovering and then the other pair of shoes you put on the next day or even later on that day it's got a much spongier format it feels better to run in so there's yeah there's lots of things but i think you know the mistakes the mistakes are normally a lack of preparation what are you doing you are about to do about 20 hours of training you possibly need you know your own uh, additional uh, sort of preferences of nutrition so you've got some in case what's available uh, doesn't suit you or that you suddenly realize wow I go through a heck of a lot of carbs when I'm training three sometimes four hours in a day so yeah nothing you know I don't think there's anything that we haven't touched upon but it's just to make sure that if you're spending your money 
you don't take with you poor preparation or poor equipment because you wouldn't do that for a race and therefore definitely don't do it in a training camp because the training camp, you're not just missing one day, one opportunity, you're potentially missing six or seven days to train correctly by forgetting your, uh, I don't know, forgetting your, your cycling shoes and having to, you know, do it in running shoes, not that be that possible, but you, you don't want to, to prepare badly. Even yesterday, it's weird, we, we came up with this idea, you said, oh, let's do it. Um, I've started slotting stuff in a little cubby hole in the office of stuff that I'm going to take to Lanzarote. I know it seems like it's miles away, but I start <laughs> now. Right. And I just, right, I'm going to take those bars and test those. I'm going to take that set of shoes. I want to take this. And it's just that process, not with a week to go, go, oh, blimey, what is it, everything I need to um, take with me? I've got a packing list that sometimes people say, oh, have you got a rough idea of what I can take? And I send it to them, but it's only a rough list. But I think be well prepared because you get the most from it. You then also learn more because you've got the uh, all the things available. Particularly, you know, we know about people not really bringing enough of their uh, their uh, sort of pool equipment, and then saying, "Oh, I've got one of those at home that I could have bought." Or, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, I only bought the one pair of goggles, but um, my roommates just trod on them or whatever." You know, I think think about getting the most out of the opportunity by being very, very well prepared. I think those are those are wise words. If I could just add one thing, and I often sort of say this to the swimmers, the temptation, you know, the, we, we gel, we bond. There's a great camaraderie to see everyone through, and there's a, a real excitement about the last night, the sense of achievement. And sometimes people can get a little bit carried away on that last night, knowing there's a flight the next day, they've got to be up early, they've still got to pack. Um, I don't want to be a killjoy, but that last night, you know, you're going to be on a flight for four hours, tired, fatigued, immune system, maybe a little bit, um, you know, taken a, a bit of a battering. Just go easy on that last night. Is that what you would suggest? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't get absolutely plastered on the last night. Um, We're not allowed to, I don't think. <laughs> We're not allowed to, A. B, <laughs> that would only take the second glass of wine anyway. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm just, I'm just not like that. But, it is amazing how people can wreck the whole seven days because they are tired. Their immune system is a bit battered. If they go well into the, you know, the 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, getting in at 8 a.m. scenario, the thing with that... We've seen it, haven't we? That's a massive impact on the immune system and you're just about to get on the plane and fly home. So, yeah, don't... don't. I mean, if, that's what, if that floats somebody's boat and they just want to get absolutely trolleyed on the last night, okay, if, that, if that's what you've done all the other six days of training to do, I can't stop you and you'd call me a killjoy. But I think if people were to think about it, at that point you can still, you know, eat, drink and be merry, but you don't want to make it worse because you notice the ones that get, you know, next morning have got a really croaky voice. Um, <laughs> they're, they're walking to the... Uh, to the bus that picks them up with sunglasses on because they can't even bear to see the daylight, you then think, yeah, and you're just about to sit on a plane with a couple of hundred other people coughing and spluttering who have, who have also come on the island but spent seven days doing that in exactly the same format. They're also not very well. So I don't, I don't see it as everybody's end of uh, training camp has to be uh, totally sober, but a lot of people can get it wrong. And in hindsight, I've said... I'm not going to do that again because it just it sort of spoiled the recovery. I felt really rubbish traveling and then having to get in my car and drive three hours back, etc., etc. So yeah, it's not it's not 
It's not that you have to go overboard. It's, none of it is about absolutely going to the like limit of your body's um, ability. That's always, always going to have problems. You know, you spoke about you know daily uh, daily training and three hundred thousand meters, but it was the daily accumulation not just any one dramatic thing and i think it's really important with the training camp it's not really any one part it's getting there tapered it's listening to people about your hydration it's getting to the sessions on time it's definitely opening your ears and jotting down notes but it's also seeing that as you get tired you have to get more and more diligent about your recovery and about how you are going to get a nap and how you are going to make sure on the last night you know you you definitely get out before the trouble starts <laughs> and um and it's, you know, there's some people that we can have some very funny, um, fairly late into the evening, but certainly not into the early morning. And that's nice. That's part of the, um, yeah, that's part of the, uh, the, uh, the enjoyment of it. But it's not, to, it's not to go overboard. Wise words. Joe, this, is, this has helped me. This will keep me going for the next few weeks as we uh, progress through lockdown. And, you know, that, that annual pilgrimage, I mean, you know what? I've not been to Lanzarote since January this year. I mean, that's that's unheard of. That's unheard of. Yeah, this is our, in the format we're doing, this is our 14th year. Really? I think. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, I can't wait for January to roll around. You know, fingers crossed. Yeah. The, the things start to get a little bit back to some normality. Sorry to use that word everyone's throwing around, but it, it would be nice just to have that to look forward to. I've just cancelled a, a short break to Cornwall. We've been waiting for months for a little bit of a break, and so that's been cancelled. Fingers crossed, January, we'll be on a plane out there, uh, and you know we can do some training. That'd be amazing. Yeah, and if people have, I would say, you know, if you've got questions but you're not coming on our camp then just just uh just just ping them in or send them in and when uh and croc and i start the podcast back up we'll we'll put them in there but i like i like to think we can help people because not everyone can come on the camp but you can certainly pass around the general you know this is what you might want to do or you know people have said what sort of format should i do i think it's really hard if you gain four people together to mirror the same as if you're getting 30 people together but there's definitely lessons to be learned on training camps, getting it right and getting it wrong. Because when people get it wrong, blimey, they, they really do afterwards say, I sort of wasted my money a bit because I didn't listen or I did this wrong or, you know, I wasn't concentrating and I hurt my hand or whatever it is. Let's, let's keep it safe and keep it a successful camp, but make sure that if other people want to tap into our, um, our kind of uh, bed of experience, that, yeah, contact us and we can always help you out. I'll put the links up, um, where to find us, and you know, if you are interested in coming to Lanzarote Club de Santa in January and February, for uh, it's my swim week, first of all, and then it's Joe's tri-camp, uh, along with the likes of the lovely Ben and, and Phil, hopefully they're there, Crocker you've mentioned, one of the, the legends of uh, South Fork down in Devon, little message uh, for the bike shop there. Does he still work there before I waste my breath? <laughs> he does, yeah. <laughs> he does. We went out on a night ride last night for a couple of hours and yes he, he certainly is working and he still hasn't been sacked where you've you know swimming has had a obviously a very hard time to lock down bike shops have just been the busiest busiest <laughs> places on the planet and uh 
that's uh, that's uh, got a lot of people obviously riding due to changes in maybe public transport and great weather and so forth. But yeah, he's well and truly being kept off the streets by being given a job. Yes. Best best place for him, Joe. Always a pleasure. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll share this and let people know where to find it and how to contact us if they have questions. And we'll look forward to doing this again. Uh, maybe a, a final few words just before um, we fly out. We could chat again. Um, and yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Dan. And if anyone wants to join um, one of the new concepts of Swift rides, they're going to find oh, yeah. Swifters on the uh, on the Swift Companion app, and then look up. Um, it's Coach Joe Beer, but there's a there's a space between the C and the O at the beginning, so it's C space Coach Joe Beer. It'll pick it up, and you'll be able to see it. You 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 kind of friend me I friend you back add you into the ride and then we do some some weekend rides so people get some base training and they can have messages on the screen and ride courses it's it's a different world out there Dan amazing amazing and you, December 3rd you're going to be lecturing with the is it endurance conference the virtual endurance conference yes yeah. uh, that would almost I, I'm hoping to do that I just need to get some childcare organised okay. <laughs> Th- Thursdays okay. are, are no, no don't get it organised I want to say I want to hear you Thursday, it. Thursdays are a tough day, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs>